In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Check me out right here, yo.
fallen indeed, folks. It is Mr. Podcast. <laughs> it's the bad boy of podcasting. This is so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. This is Wednesday. It's hump day. You know what that means. It, we are two days closer. I mean, we only got two days till the weekend. Uh, let's see. What do we got to start off with? Let, let me explain a little bit about the show. And this will not be a 20 minute rant like yesterday. And I'll, I'll have something to say about that in a second. Um, uh, but this is how the show works. Uh, the show has its own groove, right? So there's a song in the beginning. I might play a little bit of it. I might play the whole song, but there's a timestamp. Remember, uh, you know, we're, we're, I want to teach everybody how to listen to this podcast. If you, you enjoy certain parts of it, or maybe you enjoy the whole thing, but if you don't like that song, the timestamp will literally tell you, okay, start at three minutes and you're good to go for the talking. Cause some people don't like amazing artists like Tom Petty and Notorious B.I.G. mashed together. Uh, the show is going to have a lot of um, uh, bits, maybe, or just my thoughts on, like yesterday, Real Housewives of New York mid-season trailer. Jax Taylor, I did Talking Pubes. Come on, that's that's a classic bit. I mean, Jax's pubes will definitely make a comeback at some point. That's the next Garth Brooks. Hey. <laughs> hey, it's me, Garth. I hear Jax's pubes are a big character on your show. That's slick stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, and then we're going to have a big interview usually, right? So it's kind of like a production. It's long. I'm not going to, I'm going to stop apologizing for the length. A lot of you guys like it. And if you don't, like I said yesterday, tons of podcasts to listen to. Tons of amazing podcasts. Have you heard what's out there? I mean, there are so, this is really so cool what we have the power to do. Uh, this is really turning into this weird kind of art form. Like I said, I'm not an artist. I consider this a craft or a craftsman, but people are really being able to express themselves on a basis that I don't think they're really that's ever been. We can put things out so quickly now, and that is exciting. So that is how you listen to this podcast. So bad. It's good. Feel free to listen to an episode here, an episode from two weeks ago. Um, these are here for you always. And these are free of charge. There will be a commercial halfway through for our sponsor, Bowl and Branch. I'm a very proud, uh, uh, I use their sheets now. Look how fancy, look how fancy I am using sheets up until this, up until this week. I didn't realize people used, uh, these fancy, uh, sheets as they call them on their beds. Um, but most importantly, I want you guys to enjoy yourself. And if you don't enjoy yourself, find your light, find your passion. There's going to be a perfect podcast for you out there. Um, I do want to apologize. I did a 20 minute rant yesterday where I was, I was mad. Um, people asked me today. Um, and by the way, thank you so much to all the people that reached out. I, uh, you know, I mean, it's that one. I think when you do a daily podcast, like I said, you guys become kind of my family or my friends. And even though I don't get to see your faces, I kind of imagine who I'm speaking to. And I, I've met a lot of you guys now through Instagram and, and things like that. And it's, it's, um, it's so cool, you know? So, so many people reach out to first off, make sure I'm okay. A lot of people left voicemails on the podcast voicemail, and I will be getting to those. Remember, we did, we played a podcast yesterday where some lady thought I was her husband and then, you know, pretty much said, I don't know who you are, Mr. Podcast. So I got a great new name out of I'm Mr. Podcast, the bad boy of podcasting. I mean, that's that's a T-shirt if I if I've ever heard of one. But um, it was probably unprofessional for me to bitch. But like I said, you guys turn into my family. I speak to you every day and 
I was angry. I was, I was tired and I was, I was, people were like, you, did you record that after you, you went out for your mom's birthday and you had a couple drinks? And I'm like, sadly, no, I read those reviews and I got so angry that I said, I need to get on mic and really talk this out. I, my therapist is not, I need to talk this out. And, um, and I did that and, uh, I would, I would apologize for it, but it, it's, it's what I actually felt in the moment. Uh, it was aggressive. Uh, I, I did have friends check in on me, which I said they would. I know, uh, it's not one of my finer moments, but I'm not going to act like it didn't exist. I'm not going to act like, you know, like I said, it's probably not cool to say that, uh, these things matter to me, but they do cats out of the bag, but we move on. And I got to do four podcasts today and my voice is a little sore, but once again, it's one of those things where you're just so grateful. You're just like, man, I get to. I get to do this. I get to just toss around ideas with people that are way smarter and funnier than I am. Like I finally made people include me. I was one of those kids. I was always that just like, I don't want to be the head of the party, but if I can just get invited to the party, I just want to get invited to the party. And like, I kind of just, we're making our own party and we invite ourselves, right? I finally realized that. So Thank you guys. And I want to be able to, I want people to feel free to say whatever they want. If they like me or they don't like me in a perfect world, if you didn't like me, you would just move on to the next podcast. But I realize that's not the society we live in. So, you know, if I've done something, you know, you know, feel free to express yourself. And if that's in reviews, if that's in a voicemail, but like I said, the voicemail is there. If you want to come on the podcast and disagree with me, that might make for an interesting conversation as well. But, um, that is, uh, I guess that's all I'll say on that today, but thank you. Uh, but once again, if you use the timestamps, you could have skipped right past all of that. Wasn't that cool to hear Alexis Bellino? Um, I want to, um, I want to pat myself on the back that I not once called her by her Real Housewives of Orange County nickname, Jesus Jugs. I want to pat myself on the back. In fact, I put, put the Instagram post and I was waiting for the pers- person to write Jesus Jugs and we got there and I was like, oh, great. I also got to realize somebody like Alexis, who, you know, we had this really nice conversation. You know, we talked about a lot of different things like religion. It got deep at times, you know, it was like, and then I just imagine her even potentially listening to the podcast and you're like, when do I start? Uh, This guy bitched for 20 minutes. And then she goes to my Instagram and realizes it's me making fun of like Craig from Southern Charm and being a personal injury lawyer or any of the other weird posts I make that uh, cracks me up. Also, I picked Tom, uh, Tom Petty. I was always looking for a mashup that fits my exact mood. And I got to tell you, if you don't have a Tom Petty phase in your life, what are you doing wrong people? And by the way, uh, parents out there encourage your kids to have a Tom Petty phase, just like notorious B I G. We got to keep the music of Tom Petty alive. And it's not hard because the guys had so many classic songs, but Tom Petty, man, I had, I remember as having like, you go through phases. I had a huge Tom, Tom Petty phase multiple times in my life. And he has a, there's a beautiful documentary on him called uh, Running Down a Dream. I believe it's still on Netflix, directed by Peter Bogdanovich. It's like, I think, five hours or something. But the guy's just had an amazingly fascinating story. And he was so young when he died. I think he was in his late 50s or something. Too, too, too young. And it makes me sad, but then you always, like, you have that music always. 
Like, Free Fallen is just such a beautiful song. But then he has rockers. I mean, American Girl. American Girl is one of the best. Oh, in fact, oh, you guys, this is John Mayer week where I've talked about him every day. But I remember with my ex, her boss was in the movie industry. And we went to this um, really swanky, uh, like a fundraiser for a hospital, I think. Um, I forgot what it was, but it was at the Beverly Hilton. And I was like, look at us. Like we got invited at the last minute because I don't think somebody took their tickets. And they were honoring Judd Apatow. And this was like right before This Is 40, I think, came out. Uh, so he'd already done like um, Knocked Up and, you know, you know, introduced us to Jonah Hill and all of these great actors. And Jonah Hill actually spoke at that, which was really funny. But John Mayer was the musical uh, uh I guess, interlude. And he just did it acoustic because it was kind of a smallish room. It wasn't packed. Um, Everybody paid big money, I guess, for these tables. And he did a rendition of Free Fallen that was just so beautiful. And I, like you guys know, I want to hate John Mayer so much. uh, But I remember that version and I was like, damn, he can even do a good version of a Tom Petty classic. Uh, But I, 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 I implore everybody to have a Tom Petty phase. Uh, to continually listen to his music, to pass it on to new people. Um, Music is so, so important, and it still uh, is one of my greatest passions to discover something that makes me feel like I'm a kid and I want to listen to it all night long. Um, I remember back in the day, you guys, I was a, a cassette kid, you know, when cassettes were a thing, and you would wait for you would just listen to radio station you know and you would wait for your song to play and then you would rush to your cassette player and hit record and play at the same time so you could have your song and you would hope that the dj wouldn't talk over it too much so you could have the complete song or you would hope that the dj would play the full song and not cut it off early and be like hey it's gz 99 that was run dmc you would hope you would get the full song but uh And then you would just play it over and over and over again until you wore the tape out. And that's the best thing about music is finding those things that you want to listen to all night long. That's a very summer thing. And I believe we're in the summer. This is July, I believe. Uh, You got to have those summer memories that revolve around music. Uh, It's just so important to have a soundtrack for your summers. Um, I, we're going to get just into the interview today. Uh, we have a great guest. Her name is Lauren, but you guys know her as at the Zen Blonde on TikTok and Instagram. And I'm telling girl, this girl has like 220,000 followers on TikTok, a bunch of followers on Instagram. And she's just, she loves all the stuff that we love. And she's really smart about it and she's funny about it and I finally I had so many people message me to have her on like her in particular I had people messaging me and um I have a like I now I have a people messaging me about having a lot of people on and um Sandra or Megan or a couple of Maditza who work with me, they know how disorganized I am. So it's, I keep a lot of things in my head and it, thankfully they just kind of pop in and I'm like, oh yeah, I got to have her on or I'll see somebody post something on Instagram and it'll remind me, oh yeah, yeah, I need to reach out to that person. And luckily this just worked out and she made time for us today. And we talked for about an hour and a half, could have kept talking to her because it was just all the, it was all the jam that we liked, you guys. We talked Brittany. We talked Army Hammer. 
We talked Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, got to hear how she got her start. Um, and it was great. Uh, you know, she'll definitely, I mean, if she's willing, she'll definitely come on again. You gotta go follow her on TikTok. She said one day she will walk me through how to make a TikTok. So that's, that's a, a definitely a boomer thing for me. Like, look at the old man doing the tick the TikToker. Um, but she was great. So I think we're just going to get into the interview today. My voice is a little sore. Um, but I also, I need to talk, I think on Thursday, I'm going to talk a little bit about Randall Emmett's new movie, Midnight in the Switchgrass, because uh, I'll find out a little bit more about this, but Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, who are in the film, did not show up to the premiere uh, last night, uh, Tuesday night, or Monday night, uh, because Megan said it was due to the Delta variant of COVID, but now word is coming out potentially that they are not happy with the finished product of the film. So I've got a couple Rotten Tomatoes reviews to read for you, uh, but the entire cast of Vanderpump Rules seem to have made it to the movie premiere, which is just interesting when the star power is the Vanderpump Rules cast. And uh, even Jax and Brittany were there, but Sandoval and Ariana were there as well. It seemed like a very, a group event. So I will find out a little bit more and we will talk about Midnight in the Switchgrass on Thursday as along with a guest and some other things. I have not watched Real Housewives of New York yet tonight. I'm scared too. <laughs> but tomorrow, you guys, you listen to this on Wednesday, potentially, guess what? It means it's Kathy Hilton Wednesday. Bow, chicka, bow, bow. Remember, it has changed with me where I love Kathy Hilton, but now I'm kind of, this kind of does it for me. I kind of, I, may, I might be in love with Kathy Hilton. Kathy Hilton might be taking my Leah McSweeney shot. That's my Leah McSweeney slot. She might be. Uh, she might be filling in for that. All, of course, we will be doing a solo recap of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on Friday. I've gotten so many messages about that. I really, I mean, you guys, you guys seem to actually really like that. And that's still fucking cool. Um, so you'll definitely hear that on Friday. I think I'm going to keep it solo because I just, I like doing all of the, I just, I like talking about that show. And you, I think you can tell, I think we all like watching it and talking about it. And it's just nice that we have that. Another show that I love talking about, a Real Housewives of Potomac this season. If you sign up for my Patreon, I'm covering the entire season with guests over there. I just did episode two tonight, a nearly two-hour podcast about this week's Real Housewives of Potomac with my good friend Mallory Wilkinson. You might know her as Pop Uncultured. She used to be Real House Pins OC on Instagram, and we went over the entire show, but we also got her thoughts on... Beverly Hills, New York, life, uh, always a great conversation. So if you love a recap and like a, a Bravo recap, go on over there, sign up. Hello to all the baddies out there. That's what we call ourselves. Don't laugh. It's a great name. I'm learning. It's growing on me. We're the baddies. It's great. Um, but but let's get to our guest, Lauren Skay, the Zen Blonde. I want to scream and shout and let it all out And scream and shout and let it out We say no, we are, we are, we are You are now, now rocking with Will I am in Britney, bitch Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Wednesday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. Um, today I am talking with somebody that has, uh, I, literally this person has been recommended to me so many times where, uh, so I mean, I knew she had a lot of fans 
And uh, she's one of the people we, I mean, we call it kind of like a TikToker. And I, I know uh, I need to explain to TikTok to you guys because I need it explained to me every time. I'm just not good at it. And it scares me so, it scares me so much. And I know I shouldn't be scared of it, but I am. I'm very scared of it. And I know Kiki Monique is a TikTok or she's been on TikTok. She explained it to me, but we're, we're going to have this person explain it to me as well. But what she talks about is really the content that we all know and love. Uh, goes from, of course, Bravo to Army Hand to Britney Spears and the Free Britney movement. She has her hands on a lot of really important things that we find fascinating. Um, and her uh, her Instagram presence is amazing. I did go through her TikToks, which are amazing, even though it scares me. Um, so let's get into this conversation and see what we can uh, uncover today. So her name is Lauren Skay, but you will know her as the Zen Blonde. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm a big fan. Uh, that's a lie. How dare you? <laughs> Goodbye. No, wait for, I, I gotta, you have like a 220,000 followers on TikTok or something insane like that. I mean, how, wait, how, how, how did you, what, what, how did you even get on TikTok to begin with? Like what, why did you get on TikTok? Well, you know, Ryan, I have no culinary skills. So while everyone else was making sourdough bread, I was on TikTok during this Wait, pandemic. this just started during the pandemic, you on That's TikTok? During the pandemic, it went from like zero to like 100,000 to 200,000 in like the blink of an eye. Uh, nobody is more surprised than me, but I needed an outlet for what I would normally spew upon my coworkers because I was in a, you know, a workspace and I would just be, you know, in the morning telling them about pop culture or the different things I was focused on and TikTok kind of became my my coworker in a way that I was Cuz you do a lot of the you do a lot of the green screen where there's an image behind you and you're explaining the pop culture story or things like that and I think that's where immediately it like to me it's my brain shuts off cuz I'm like oh you got to be like George Lucas to do this there's like a green screen <laughs> and there's probably CGI involved it really seems intimidating even though I'm sure it's not but that's why I depend on people like you that seem to really have nailed this down but in terms of growth that really is insanity. It was exponential. And it's crazy because now people share tips with me and information and, you know, <laughs> there is like power to it. And I definitely put some stuff out there where I've been like, Oh my goodness. Wow. I really do have a platform. Like nobody again is oh. more surprised than me. Oh, I mean, that's what I tell people. I was like, nobody gave a shit about my Bravo opinions a year and a half ago. Yeah. Like, I I was watching all the same stuff. I was being really loud to anybody that could, talk, you know, listen to me, but nobody gave a sh uh, So it's really funny to now have like, or to, to realize people were like, oh my God, you responded. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm just, I'm literally want to just talk crap about all of this stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like our sports. I, he I heard you say that. And I was yeah. like, exactly how I feel. It's like, the fellow Bravo sphere people are really like my, you know, sports well, kind of friends. Exactly. And, 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 and the Bravo people, especially I treat like, uh, how my friends treat a sports team or even like wrestling, you know, it's like there's good guys and there's bad guys, but sometimes the villains become good guys later. And I kind of have this almost uh, sci-fi fantasy version of this where they're not necessarily real people, but then you take it then to someplace like the free Britney movement or even like army hammer or one of these stories. And to me, that is frightening. Uh, it's so frighteningly real. It is yeah. so real. The yeah. Free Britney movement is so real. In fact, I saw you, you just did a, a Free Britney march over in West Hollywood the other day, right? Yeah, we did a rally. Um, and I, I mean, it was unbelievable because it's kind of like, you know, it's a mixture of people that are outraged by the conservatorship that are 
Britney fans. Then there's like super, super fans uh, with like speakers and like just the, the merch and everything. So there's a part of it that's like, you're so happy that people are marching to end conservatorship abuse. And then there's a part of it that it's like so fascinating to look on as like somebody who's been, who's been a fan for years to see people who are like truly like capital S super fans where you're like, you know, I have in my room, I have a signed hit me baby one more time album that my grandparents got me at an auction in second grade. I've always like had it in my college rooms. And I, I mean, I always loved Britney since I was, you know, I grew up with her. Um, but it's fascinating to see that subculture of the free Britney army and, um, you know, be a part of it. And I mean, yeah, if we, if we could, if we could harness this energy after we free Britney, if we can harness this energy, I feel like this and the Taylor Swift army, we could go to war overseas. Like we could, I mean, <laughs> if you would really, I mean, it's no, but it's fascinating, but in terms of pop culture, I think you even have to find it interesting of how a story moves over time, you yeah. know, with Britney Spears, especially, you know, we all loved her so much. And then she had, of course, the period around like 2003 or 2002, when everything started to catch up with her and stuff. And, and then we did watch her go through that rough time. And then we did watch the conservator thing happen. And I, I just remember we watched all of this happen. Like we, we just watched it. We just read about it on Perez Hilton or we just watched it here and watched it there and hopefully she's okay. And then she's doing a Vegas show. So she must be okay. And then everything kind of collapses again. And I think when I started to really pay attention was the, the New York times uh, documentary framing Britney Spears um, that came out. I think, when did that come out? Was that January? Was that, I, I, it's been like timing's nothing. Or, anymore. Yeah, I can't, it's, time is like a blur now with the but, pandemic. <laughs> you really and 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 I guess I guess we'll start here, but I do want to point out it is fascinating in pop culture because you can connect Britney to Erica Jane because of conservatorship, because Tom's now under a conservatorship, and you can connect Erica Jane to Army Hammer because they live next door for that we, brief we period of time. But do you ever feel like that? You're like the Charlie Day yeah. meme of just connecting things of like it all fits, it all, you know. Trust me all the time. And um you know, what's interesting is like living in LA, I feel like we hear these like stories and some of them we're not allowed to share because it's like, oh, somebody has worked in an office for where she yeah, has yeah. reason. And it was really weird. And you can't share that story over social media because that person would be liable because of their job, but you hear it behind the scenes. And so starting to hear little stories like that was what really got my gears turning where I'm like, oh, this isn't like some weird QAnon thing. Like she really is like under the thumb of the people around her. And she is like really like entrapped in this situation. And what I thought was really fascinating was like, there's people, a lot of celebrities where there are examples of like people having very public mental health crises, which like it's so stigmatized. And, but imagine being at that level of celebrity, of course that happens at some point. Uh, like Kanye West is a great example where he's had some very public mental health issues and it's super unfortunate. And I can only imagine what it's like to be at that level of fame. Um, but he's not under a conservatorship. A conservatorship. Yeah. I mean, but I also, that I mean, I was talking about this, I think last week, you know, is that it's so interesting how we deal with men and their issues as opposed to women and their issues. You know, women uh, can be more controlled or that's what we, I, we as a society have forced uh, women into these corners. Whereas Kanye, I was like, man, he's really having breakdowns. And he even says, yeah, they wanted to, they 51 would me. They wanted to take control of me and no control has been taken over Con Kanye, you know? Mm -hmm. 
wouldn't surprise me. And what I thought was one of the most damning pieces of evidence regarding like Lou Taylor, who's the business manager. Yeah. Explain who Lou Taylor is. A lot of people, and by you, I know you guys maybe know this story is periphery, or maybe you guys know every piece of information about this, but I'll try to do my best to catch you up a little bit here and there. But Lou Taylor was put in charge of the financial aspects of Britney Spears conservatorship. Is that true? So she was put in charge. She was like the business manager. So I don't know what exactly though that fully entailed, but she was managing, like, I think she assisted the parents in getting her into a conservatorship. Um, she, and I, I'm sure she was involved with financials as well. Um, but what was interesting about her is she, you know, works with a lot of different A-list celebrities. She works with the Kardashians. She works with Lady Gaga. And so when, when Lindsay Lohan was kind of going through a, a tough period, um, there was a time where her dad, Michael Lohan spoke out and said, this woman is trying to get my daughter under a conservatorship. And wow. so it, it was a very like bone chilling situation to hear that. Um, but Lou Taylor's involved with a lot of different celebrities. And so what a lot of the criticism is with these celebrities that haven't spoken out in regards to free Britney that are involved with her is like in a way that people are saying they're complicit because they're not speaking out for Britney because they're in bed with Lou um, but there's evidence that Lou might have, you know, been a Britney fan before and might have been writing her letters. Uh, there was some of that that surfaced online before the conservatorship even happened. And she was pretty religious, like Britney's parents, um, and just got involved with them and completely took over Britney's life uh, with them. And it, what's interesting, too, is there's a woman who was best friends with Lynn Spears, and her name is escaping my mind. I think it's Jacqueline Baker. Um and she was a big like person in giving a statement to get Britney under a conservatorship that she thought would be temporary to get Britney to safety in her rough period, but a temporary thing that would get her back up on her feet, make sure nothing bad happened to her, and then it would be dissolved. And now she's spoken out saying, I can't believe I was complicit in this thing that you know allowed this grown woman to be under yeah. the of her family for uh, 15 years. It, it blows, but that's what I'm, is it blows me away that it's like, we watch pop culture happen. And then in retrospect, I'm like, I mean, not that I could have personally done anything, but I'm like, yeah, why did I never think it was weird? She was still under a conservatorship eight years into the conservatorship. Why did I just not question it? Why did I, and I hate to be the kind of person because like I say, the only conspiracy theories I like to believe are involving Bravo people. I don't really love to mess around with like, but at the same time, it is interesting. We want to be told everything is okay. We want to believe everything is okay. So if we're like, okay, good, she's safe. It seems like she's growing her hair back. Perfect. You know, like, I mean, and, and then I remember, God, and this, and this is so stupid potentially to admit, but I, I would go to Coachella every year and I would wear funny, kitschy shirts that I would want to walk, but people would be like, ah, funny. I would wear like a Justin Bieber mugshot every year and his little kid. And, and it was like a really guy, people would be like, yeah. And I was, that was the, and then I remember I was like, I got to get other ones. I got to get like maybe the Nick Nolte one or the Lindsay Lohan one. And I got one of Britney bald where she looked just incensed with that night with the paparazzi. And now I look back and I'm just like, why did I think that was funny? Like, why did I think that image of somebody probably going through one of the worst moments of their lives was kitschy, but it was in a pop culture moment. That is a very thing that's burned into all of our memories is her with that umbrella, you know, with all the paparazzi around her after she shaved her head. It's yeah. just weird how we, we view these things. I know. I think the cultural consciousness has really shifted. And at that time, I think it was 2006 when that happened. I think people were 
way more quick to be like, oh, look, Brittany Paris and Lindsay are out for a fun night, like clearly wasted. Like, look at these wayward women in like these mini skirts. And so the- Yeah, remember the crotch shot that the, uh, she wasn't in wear underwear on the paparazzi shot, remember? And it's okay for people to like, be like, <laughs> oh, we saw her crotch when she was getting yeah, out of the car. By the way, didn't question it at all. I, in fact, I mean, in fact, we made fun of Brittany for that. Like, how dare she not wear underwear? Not how dare they take those pictures to begin with. The person with the camera's the creep. Like, you know, like who among us hasn't gotten out of a car and like flashed the world? It's just usually there's nobody there with a camera. I stopped wearing skirts after that. I was like, no, not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is weird. It's like, it's weird what the, the bl- blame and who we put that blame on. And then for like, I just remember going, okay, good. She obviously needed a conservator. She obviously needed this and her parents really care for her. And I, of course, wasn't looking deep into anything, but then all of this stuff now is coming out and all of this stuff. And of course we had had her Instagram forever where it was really posting um, kind of stream of consciousness, very bizarre sometimes her dancing in a, I mean, I need your take on all of this stuff because I, I wrote this yesterday. I said, and somebody thought this was a joke, but it wasn't. I said, I, I want to see Brittany make an Instagram post. I want to see it from conception to hitting send on that because I just, and I think too much about this because it that's even turned into a mystery for me. Is that her? Is that not her? What, what do you think? So I actually think to add to our last point that the social media and the way she was portrayed on social media, I think for a very long time, not at her own behest was actually what contributed to people not questioning the conservatorship because they made her look on him. Yes. Yes. Of course. You know what I mean, we were all just like, wow, like her social media makes zero fucking sense, like whatsoever. And so um, and we joked about it. Another thing that we joke, I mean, but by the way, I know we process a lot of things through humor, especially I do, yeah, but it yeah. was easy. It was, it was easy pickings. It was like, you know, low hanging fruit to make fun of. Just really confusing too. You know, it was like, she couldn't string a sentence together. And so what's come out is that she doesn't have a lot of control over her social media, or at least hasn't up until now. Now that remains to be seen. I actually, I don't know for sure, but there's a guy named Billy B makeup who did her makeup for X factor. And he's been posting about the social media aspect of things for a really long time. And a company called CrowdSurf, who allegedly manages her social media. And, you know, a lot of people think that they intentionally were trying to make her crazy. Uh, this past week, some of the posts seem like they could be her, but every time I post being like, Oh my God, I think it's her. I have 15 people in my inbox being like, no, it's not, no, it's not, no, it's not. And here's why. Um, Posts have been changed this week. Um, yeah, well, I mean, but then you bring the uh, the Jamie Lynn Spears of it all that that really blew up in this last week, and of course for the last couple of weeks, but especially this past week, where Brittany in her Instagram post called out her sister, and uh, you know her sister is kind of you know ah, screw the haters and all this stuff, but it, it came out that Jamie Lynn Spears was singing her songs, and we we got this video of now, which really you know watching Britney's reactions, watching her sister at an award show do a medley of her hits. And you would see in Britney's face that she's like, oh, she's like trying to be happy, but you, she kind of seen, or maybe that's the audience reading into it, but she looks horrified. No, she's definitely horrified. And I think she was a good sport when the interview was happening. But I think after she was probably like, WTF, did you just do? And, um, you know, it's interesting. I was on TikTok today and I found a medley of like, other smaller performances where Jamie Lynn performs Oops, I Did It Again. Yeah, I saw the one out in public during the daytime and I was like, 
girl, right, even though this is your sister, you should not be singing these songs. Like, you cannot pull it off. Like, the worst that, cover well, band. Ever. She couldn't even keep up with the band and vice versa. And I was like, this is, why would you, I know it's just, but why would you even do this to yourself? This is not for you, you know? No, 100%. Get your own thing, Zoe 101. Like, seriously. I mean, get <laughs> your career. Stop taking your I called her a poop face backstabber 101 the other day and somebody <laughs> said, how dare you? How you should be ashamed. And I'm like, no, I am, I'm so far past being ashamed at this point. But she is kind of a poop face backstabber. If you think about the family of this lady, it just seems like you even pointed out, I believe, that through the conservatorship, I believe like Brittany owns a condo that she lives in. Mm-hmm. Is that true? I heard that. And I know like they also went on vacation at one of her houses while she was institutionalized. And um, I also, I talked to a woman who lives in the part of Louisiana that they're from and she works at a place that both. Is that Lexington? What is it? Was that what area? Uh, Kentwood. Oh, Kentwood. Yeah. Kentwood. Okay. Somewhere else now. And the girl told me, but she went to high school with like Jason Alexander, the girl that Brittany was married. Jason Alexander was the guy that was married to her for like 56 hours or something. Yeah. Five hours. Yeah. Um, So I, spoke with this woman and she was like, I put up a racist remark that, um, that Jamie Lynn Spears. Yeah. Originally uh, allegedly said, right. And this woman reached out to me and she's like, you know, they come into this place where I work, the dad and the sister. Um, they're very nice to my face, but I am a black woman in Louisiana. And I can tell you that like the sentiments here, like I know they're nice to my face, but like, it would not surprise me if behind the scenes, they were incredibly racist. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry that you used to live there. You know, uh, like it's just, it's awful to hear, but the people, you know, have corroborated that that wouldn't. Yeah. Them. Um, no. so I think they're all types of ugly and, you know, I think the dad is just a really controlling person and he just has his daughter under his thumb. And if he were a decent person, he would just dissolve the conservatorship immediately and be like, yeah. I'm down. Well, or, I mean, I, at this point, he does have to speak for himself at a certain point at this, I mean, the, 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 it's overwhelming demand. So we just got last week, she was able to finally get a lawyer of her choosing and it's a really good lawyer, but that is like one of my darkest thoughts when I think about how much, uh, like she has to pay for all of those people. I mean, yeah. I mean, think about having to pay for your own destruction or your own captivity. That to me is so wild. Um, I guess in your opinion, though, do you think her Instagram is being controlled? And what did you think of her statement, I guess, in the in the first uh, a couple of weeks ago? And then this the the couple of statements she made this past week's or last week's. So I, I think up until very recently, CrowdSurf was managing her Instagram. I think they probably still are. But I think what's probably happening now is maybe they're allowing her to put more on it. That being said, Sam Ashgari posted a... Um, That's her boyfriend, uh, right? Her yeah. Boyfriend, yeah. So he posted a video of her scrolling on an iPhone. So that leads me to believe that maybe she does have full control of, control of the phone back. I don't know for sure. But what was really interesting and really telling was she went up to a Starbucks, I think it was, the other day. Uh-huh. And the security guard had to get out, out of the car and use the credit card for her. She wasn't allowed to hand her own credit card. See, so. That's the stuff. I, I mean, but, but even in like, I just like, I want the, one of the hearing just for the judge to go, Britt, do you control your Instagram real quick? Like, I just want like it to be real quick. Like say yes or no. Like I want, I, I need to know what is going on because every time I think I'm being paranoid, something else gets dropped where you're like, wow, this does seem like a huge cover up, you know, in some ways. Yeah. I've heard of her going into like an appointment and I won't say what, and like, she wasn't allowed to talk. You know what I mean? Like, 
before but all. Then, like, I just want to know, like, but she's allowed to dance in the middle of her linoleum, uh, her her marble flooring. Like, I, I mean, that's the part that I don't get. It's like it's so I don't know how the conservatorship works. And I guess we will. All of this information should be coming out if this really does uh, go to some sort of trial. Right. I mean, I think it has to. And I I just hope there comes a day when like Brittany is at like some huge award show and like it's like she's getting like some award for like surviving this and she gets to put on like the best performance of her lifetime. We're all yes. like in, we're all like crying watching it on TV like she's finally free. That's what I said. I mean, imagine <laughs> I said I said this on the pod last week. I said if we if the day Brittany gets freed, we should all challenge ourselves to do something that we thought was impossible for ourselves. Like this yeah. should give you if this can happen. But I also want to point out that I'm not um, saying that Brittany does not have uh, mental issues, but yeah. a lot of us, a lot of Americans do have mental issues. Kanye West has mental issues and he's able to have more control than Brittany does. So I'm not saying that she is by any means perfect like that. I think sometimes people get confused of, well, it seems like, yeah, she does probably have problems. Also imagine how that doesn't affect the psyche of being told having like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of fans having, I mean, just what does that do to a mind to begin with? Totally. Like the amount of stress that this woman has gone under. Um, and also just imagine like her life has never been normal. Like she's always been in this circuit of becoming like a child star mouseketeer. Like she was always basically like a workhorse. And so, and then had enormous fame when she was 17. So, you know, for her brain not to be the same as everyone or as normal persons or whatever, and normal is the wrong word, but for her brain to yeah. be from those experiences, you know, it's, it's so stigmatized, but it's like, of course it is, you know, and it's yeah, like, I, I would sure hope it would be different. Yeah. I mean, but I do, I always find that the, the, the sad, like another sad part of this is that these people are supposed to be aspirational. Like it feels like 2021 and 2020 are the year of like realizing that all of our stars, all of these people that we look up to, whether it be in music, movies, the TV industry, nothing is aspirational. Like be work on yourself, whether it be like, I mean, all the stuff that has come out about Army Hammer to Erica Jane to all of these stories. It's like, I wouldn't want to be in any of their shoes. Yeah. And a lot of it is smoke and mirrors. I mean, look at how many people have like entered the housewives space telling a lie like the Jen Shaw's of the world you know and it's like presenting themselves as this like person with all this money but really like behind the scenes like it's a complete shit show so you know I, I think um being a solid like normal person is like the greatest thing ever um uh, and a lot of this is smoke and mirrors um what got you into pop culture what was your what was your upbringing like were you I mean I was the kid that like waited for us weekly every week and uh surfed every kind of internet site I, that had any kind of gossip on it what what what, what got you into pop culture no I studied psychology in college I, I think okay miss smarty okay I get it but also like I was like a Britney fan from like the jump. I mean, I grew up with like Britney and InSync and all of that, um, like being surrounded by it. And then in my twenties in New York, I worked in like a very celebrity adjacent role where like I would kind of see the behind the scenes stuff and hear little hey, bit of here and there. I worked in the special events industry. So, you know, it'd be at these things where there'd either be some celebrity attached to the event or there'd just be a lot of them there, or we'd be getting access to somewhere where we were at an after party. So it was a really amazing um, sort of way to live in New York in my 20s. But, you know, you'd hear these things and you'd be like, oh, my God, it's so interesting because I'm seeing this one thing on the news about them that's totally PR. And then I know this other thing behind the scenes that's like totally like salacious and crazy that I'm never going to put anywhere or tell anyone. But it's just interesting to know. Um, 
And I got really into like housewives and stuff like that just by virtue of like. Yeah, there seems to be this kind of like, um, I don't know, like a pyramid of how you get into pop culture, you know, like it all kind of starts at like boy bands or kind of pop music and then it feeds it. I mean, it seems like all of us, we like the same things and I hate to be predictable like that, but it's like when I go on Spotify now and it's like, I, I'm on an artist I really like and I go to other music you might like and I'm like, damn, it's so scary how they just nailed it. They nail it. Like, it's like, it makes you feel so not special sometimes because it's like, oh my God, I really do like all of the stuff that you said I would like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I wish I remember being younger and like idolizing Britney and Christina and like wanting to know who they were dating and like wanting to like know why they broke up with whoever they were dating. And like, it was just cause it was like that cool older sister that like I always had from the time I was in second grade. Well, um, I mean, you think you talk about that period of time too with Britney, Paris, Lindsay, Christina. I, I remember I won, I ran a, a nightclub in Los Angeles at the time when all of the, like when the the crotch shot photo happened and all of this stuff. And Christina, I remember coming in a couple of times, and she really we had to carry her out a couple of times. She got she would get hammered, but you'd be like, oh my god, oh my god. But then think about your own friend group. You always had the one friend that you'd got out and got hammered. You know, like you think about it, your own personalized that experience. It's like. Well, she was in her like I think early twenty. She was in her mid twenties or something like that. You know, like yeah, you might overdrink or something. But it's so cool. She just did two sold out nights at the Hollywood Bowl this past week, and she looked. I mean, I wasn't there, but I saw pictures and video, and she looked and sounded amazing. And you're just like, it is so cool to see these people on the other side of things. Like even Paris Hilton, we would have never predicted that Paris Hilton would be the one out of Lindsay and Britney that have relatively is relatively problem free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you made a really good point, which is like, imagine like every single night you went out in your twenties, there were cameras following you. Oh, you're, it's screwed. You're going to have a bad night. And if somebody gets out on camera, it's going to be this huge story. And then you're forever painted as like the drunk. Yeah, yes. It. Oh, and it's like, God, I'd be screwed. We'd all be screwed. <laughs> like if we were caught on every single night out, um, and I think it was particularly damning to like women in their twenties. Well, but it, it's still—I mean, but think about how much. I mean, I—you think about like uh, remember the Lindsay Lohan note that like was uh, passed around like all the people that she supposedly slept with. Yeah. Remember the like she was at Betty Ford and she wrote it down. Yes, like remember and like I mean, and then like all of a sudden like you're painted like a Jezebel or like a harlot or something. Uh, you know, it's it's or even Britney's statement a couple weeks ago. People were like, oh well, she used curse words. And it's like, oh, okay. Like it is so like, it's so funny. And I, I hate to keep saying it's more women, but it does seem like uh, we do put women definitely more under a microscope. Like men can get away with a lot of shit. Yeah, I know. I know. Where are all the, you know, photos of people getting carried out of clubs that are men? I want to see that. I know it <laughs> yeah, happens. It's like, where I mean, like a lot of my guys are just flat out pissed themselves, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, that it's definitely not romanticized, but I always, when, when men have a problem and they overcome it, they're heroes, you know, but when women overcome a problem, it's like, well, thank God she got her act together. Yeah, ooh, you know, you're not celebrated as much as you are when men come out on the other side. Um, now we might dip into Brittany a little bit more, but it's, a, but in terms of, I'm just curious about this. And I saw this Dumois and by the way, what do you think of Dumois? What did, not her herself, oh, but the I site. I love that you had Dumois on your podcast. I was like, wow. Ryan Except she here. used the damn voice changer. We she's been on three times and she used the dang voice changer. And the voice changer was so hard because it, it, the voice changer would change her voice, but also it would change my voice. So my voice would echo back at me. And it was the hardest interview I've ever done. It really bothered you, but the oh, interview was still great. It, I- it, it was like, 
it was like just underwater interviewing and you're just like, I can't even think anymore. And the funny thing is like, I know like it's the same. It was like, it's a different person. I'm like, it has been the same person every time I've talked to her. Like it has been the same person every time. And like, it's a very, it's always, so it's always funny. Like, like now she's like past like a million followers or something. And I do find it funny when she gets things wrong, but she's not getting the things wrong. It's like the tips coming in and she says, these are not verified. Like somebody said, uh, Oh, Larry David at brunch. And it was like, it, that's not Larry David. It's a guy who was bald and white haired. <laughs> that poor man. Like, yeah. it's like yeah. you know, well, by the way, he's got to he's got to get that every day. Or somebody was like, "I spotted Dave Grohl in New York," and I was like, "That's not Dave Grohl." Like, I was like, "This is pretty easy to like." But I love that we live in this society, and I feel like the same. We had the Perez Hilton era, and I don't. I mean, I'm not comparing Demois to Perez Hilton. I'm just comparing in the terms of uh, their reach and how popular they are. Because Demois doesn't usually, you know, get very deeply into like drawing cum bubbles on a face or something like Perez yeah. used to do. Um, but it is interesting that we kind of, I feel like we are at that place again where celebrity pop culture is at a zenith and at a fervor pitch. And maybe it's the pandemic as well, but we are like, I don't know if it's out for blood, but we want, I mean, we want celebrities to do shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all had a year to sit back and just dig into stuff. You know what I mean? And just like be at our house board and like, be like, let me just like look into like this because like, I have literally nothing else to do. Netflix isn't pumping out stuff fast enough. Which by the way, Netflix is pumping stuff so fast, but it's not fast enough for us. Like we have access to everything at our fingertips and we still have nothing. When we're stuck at home 24. By the way, I still can't find things to watch. And I have a whole list of things that I need to watch and I can't, I can't find a thing to watch. Sometimes it's just not what you want to watch. I want like another, like, I don't know something that's not on the list. But. Well, but then you're chasing those highs. Like you're chasing the high of uh Benefer 2.0 of seeing them together again. You're chasing that one moment of finding out that uh Erica Jane had to, you know, like you're you're chasing the high of these huge moments or bombshells that are dropped on Friday afternoon early evening, you know, to to skip the press cycle. So when you have a relatively slow news day, which I think kind of today is, it's very interesting. You feel like there's like a calm before the storm element because we're going to create the storm. You're just fighting for those serotonin scraps after the yeah, yes, yes. Your life. Like, it's just like, literally like somebody give me a little bit of serotonin. I mean, that is so true. I mean, I do think of this as my happiness. Like yeah. I attach my happiness to pop culture stories now, but there is times when it, like the Britney stuff, like I, it got to a point where it was very serious for me. And, and this next story, you know, that has been, I guess the army hammer stuff. And the only reason I bring this up is just because I saw this weekend. I know you did a, a TikTok about it, but I even saw on Demois that it was like army hammer spotting. He bought fish at whole foods or something, or like a fish counter. And my initial reaction, like I got scared. I was yeah. like, Oh, he's like walking amongst us. Like I, I, I got really scared and I don't know why. I mean, but for me, I thought, okay, I thought he was supposed to be in rehab. Like, and I was like, he's just, and my, I was like, he's just allowed to just walk around. He's free. Like, it's weird. My perception of the situation, but what was your thought when you heard this? And do you hear, is that true? Or is that, cause I yeah. could put anything out on Demois right now. Yeah, no. So it's true. I knew I had heard that it was going to be a short rehab stay. And you have to understand, like, you, you can tell going in, he's like, I feel like it's going to be a short one. You know, yeah, I feel pretty no. good. He said as long as it takes. And I was like, no, it's going to be short. I'd heard that. I, if you were to ask me, like, honestly, 
if I were to take a guess, it seems like a great legal strategy to be like, oh my God, look, he's going to rehab. Like, oh my, it's a like thousand, putting, thousand, thousand percent it's right. Like putting a bandaid on like 10 gunshot wounds. It's like, it, that's not. It looks good. It looks, I mean, potentially good. And this is, I spend so much time thinking about this in terms of pop culture, and I'm sure you do as well, because it, it it's horrifying a lot of the things that I've read, uh, you know, and DMs and all of this stuff where I really scared myself because I automatically will think the worst of anything. And I believe we live in a now a culture where we're obsessed with murder, we're obsessed with uh, fame, we're obsessed, all, all these things. And and I wrote my own story about Army. And I know Army from acting class and stuff like this. And and he was so damn charming. Yeah. So I'm, damn charming. So personable. But it, gotta watch out for. Well, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, well, didn't yeah. we hear Ted Bundy was the same way? Didn't we hear, you know, it's like you start giving yourself this story where you give yourself the willies and you weren't even involved in the story, yeah. you know? Um What's crazy is like, I was, so when he went to rehab, I got a tip from Grand Cayman that was like, Hey, just want to let you know, I heard from X, Y, and Z that army left the Island on Saturday. And then I posted a tip about it. And then somebody from the airport said, Hey, saw him leaving with, saw him have a goodbye embrace with Elizabeth. And so then I posted that. Wait, whoa, whoa. Goodbye embrace with Elizabeth and the kids. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then, then Apparently, you know, I guess there was some articles that were going to come out about this and some of the publications knew and then that was out there. So that had to happen rapidly. And then my tip ended up in the all the publications without any credit, of course, Um, which whatever. But fast forward to now, when this Dumois tip happened, I put it on TikTok and immediately somebody who saw him in the produce aisle pinged me. No. Yeah. And said, oh my God. I turned to my friend and said, is Is that that hammer? No way. It can't be. And then another tip came in, which again, this is all allegations, but I'll read it to you. Um, Essentially, it was a girl that reached out to me about her friend who's into rope play, who posted something on Instagram and allegedly army responded to it on WhatsApp last week. Um, and I don't know if it's true or not. It's again, like kind of like a blind Dumois situation, but the girl seemed very credible to me. Um, somebody that knows army said he didn't, doesn't respond in emojis. I would think that if he didn't respond in emojis in the past, it would make sense for him to do it now because he doesn't want to write out a sentence and have that sent out to the world. He's just kind of like baiting and seeing with like less words. So it was like, what, um, I mean, what, what would possess somebody after everything that he has caused and gone through to dip your toe back in the water? Like, I just don't know. I didn't know him to be this stupid. Like, I didn't know him. Like I, 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 I trying to sleep with you though. <laughs> Once again, my looks for, ah, damn it. I, if only I was better looking. You're right. You're right. You're right. But also it, it goes into that same thing of aspirational is that, yeah. You're told you're a brilliant actor day in, day out. You're told you're insanely hot day in, day out. And yeah. even the Elizabeth nature of it. I remember when he got with Elizabeth and you just think, uh, wow, that's a, uh, it's very cookie cutter. You know, like, I mean, army was not, I mean, uh, he was just a really like adventurous guy, like a very gregarious, fun guy. Um, yeah. and very good at what he did. Uh, but I was like, wow, that's a very, she's very, looks very, and I hate to judge people, but if you judge a book by the cover, you're like, well, that's like an HGTV marriage. They're all wearing khakis and button up white shirts and perfect family. And then you're like, well, 
you just question everything. And then when you read those DMs and I'm not kink shaming, if you agree to do sexual things and all that, that's not my business. And I'm definitely not puritanical, but it does get to a place where you're like, well, I do know he likes to barbecue and I do know he has really good knife skills and you do, you know, there is a point where you cross a line. And for me, that's like re in reading those things. It just got past a point for me where I I was even on the smallest scale of anything, He's just like a typical male douche. Like, I mean, just on the small, like if you, if you're just moralistically, he's moralistically flawed just in the sense that he was obviously cheating with multiple, multiple people with his wife. And it was always the same bit. Like, I'm going to love bomb you. I'm going to uh, tell you very personal things very quickly. So you feel special. It just felt like then this guy, this is all by design. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of just like, sweeping you off your feet and charming you as a smoke screen for really bad behavior that's going to come and then become so confusing because of the initial amazing romantic sweeping you off your feet, telling you everything, introducing you to the mom. Um, All that becomes confusing when other behavior happens subsequently. And then you're like, but wait, where did that guy go? That that was so charming and nice and introduced me to his mom. Um, But, you know, I always think of it, Ryan, my professor in college he was Ted Bundy's death row therapist. And this was before HIPAA. So he was actually able to tell us some things. And when I tell you, I was like, it was like with Harley Quinn and like the Joker, it was like a little bit like my professor was charmed by Ted Bundy. And, you know, Ted Bundy actually set him up with um, his daughter who was, came through like a conjugal visit, you know, set him up through jail with his daughter's um, preschool teacher or kindergarten teacher. And he said, yeah, he was a pretty normal guy, except he liked to, you know, jack off to this detective, these detective magazines with like really busty women covered in blood. And, you know, I mean, this guy was with him all through death row to the point where he had to bring his belongings to Ted's parents uh, after, you know, he hit the, the chair or whatever. And so anyway, it was like, that was like exemplified to me that it's like, oh yeah, if you're in jail, if you're restricted from hurting anyone and somebody's just your therapist talking to you every day like somebody like that can even be charmed by your you know well I, also, I mean also when you're not all bad or all good like i mean i feel like you know you have like it's nobody is 24 7 evil like oh my god like you know i mean they say the devil is even charming like there is not you know i i mean i do remember like and but he was army was one of those people that you were um when he made it, like usually actors are insanely jealous of each other because you're like, God damn it, that should have been me or something. But with Army, when he made it, like I remember him bringing, like we worked on social network audition with the whole class. I remember it before. And it's like he got, and and everybody was like, oh, cool. He's a really good guy. Like really, really good guy. You know, yeah. and it was very interesting when uh, it's like one of those people, like I always hear about like Bill Clinton was that when you're in his presence, it's like you're the only one he's talking to. And you're just, you walk away going, oh, what a really great guy. What a great guy. And if you have good looks on top of that and you're charming, like the world is potentially your oyster. And it's like what you choose to do with that. But I I are, I sometimes wonder the society we live in, in terms of pop culture, like I've filled in so many blanks with the army story and I have no clue. And I almost feel like sometimes like, ah, oh, I'm being gaslit. Cause like, should I feel bad that I almost at one point thought he was like potentially a serial killer. Should I feel bad that like, you know, I mean, 
I, I kept waiting for these news stories to drop that we were promised like, oh my God, shit's about to blow up crazily. And then it just didn't, even though the stuff that did come out is still horrifying, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think we've just seen the tip of the iceberg and I think yeah. the master. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. And his family has so much money, Ryan. Like we don't know. But what do they? Cause I hear there is so much financial issues with Michael and, and his dad and no, they still have a lot of money. And I mean, you can see his home sales on any of these like sleuthing sites, like been verified or truth finder. Like they're in the tens of millions, just Army's houses or Michael's houses, Michael's, just okay. homes. I mean, there was, there was allegedly money in Swiss bank accounts. And if you read his aunt's book, Casey Hammer's surviving my birthright. Yeah. I want to really was into the money. It was allegedly, you know, 180 million. Um, some of which was in Swiss bank accounts, some of which was supposed to be divested to her and wasn't, you know, all allegedly, of course, but um, I believe her. And um, so I don't think that money just evaporates overnight if one person is the sole, you know, controller of all of it. Um, I could make, I could make it evaporate overnight the way I spend. Yeah. I mean, me too. Amazon would be <laughs> yeah, like, Amazon, yes. it'd be like, you know, <laughs> thing and everything, forget it. But, um, you know, I don't think it evaporates overnight. And I think, there's still a lot of money in the family. And, you know, you have to remember like they're in Grand Cayman, you know, they're in this like sheltered place too. And um, so, I mean, I think we'll find out more. I think there's a lot more, you know, that hasn't come out that will come out um, with the whole family. And but I mean, and also, you know, the, the Los Angeles police department said they were, I believe, investigating rape charges with him. And that was like one of the first things, but it is one of those things. And if you've studied pop culture or studied Britney's career and all that, if you just look at it, it was step up, step back, what we've witnessed is something like I was talking about Chrissy Teigen on Monday and saying, this lady drops a new apology every couple of weeks. It's like a mixtape. She just can't stop. Like she cannot, and it's like, what is it that you want so bad? You need the fame this bad that you're now just doubling down. But what I will say that I think Army was very, whoever he listened to or whatever, he, he's very smart in the sense that it's been radio silence. Yeah, yeah. And I think that has done wonders for him because we forget, we move on. We go to the next thing. We go, well, maybe it wasn't as bad. I, I think I remember some DMs that I was reading that were horrifying, but what were those? It's funny. We move on to the next thing. And if you're quiet, we do start to, what was I so mad about? But that's what I was saying. Chrissy Teigen, every week, it reminds us of like, God, you're really being annoying. I keep remembering everything that you did now, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a strategy. It's a legal strategy. Oh, a thousand percent. Manson's doing the same thing, by the way. Which, by the way, I've talked to Marilyn Manson. I know you did a, a, a TikTok on him as well. And it's yeah. like, a string of women all saying the same thing and he has not made any kind of public statement at all. And in a way those times, like it, it really saves them. But what I say about the housewives is usually you can't do it. Yeah. Usually like Chrissy Teigen can't keep her mouth shut, even though she's being advised to housewives can't keep their mouth. Erica Jane cannot keep her mouth shut to save her life. Yeah. And, but army and Marilyn Manson have, and that is only helped them in the long run. Guys, this is the commercial I was telling you about. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100 
100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Out, but it is a commercial I believe in. Um, today's sponsor is Bowl & Branch. Um, now, they sent me a pair of their signature sheets this past week and I put them on and I got to tell you, I hate to say this. I think these are like my first like big boy sheets. Like they really are very, very nice and very soft. And the detailing is amazing. Now they say that the little things we do all add up to the legacy we leave behind. Bull and Branch was started by a husband and wife team that wanted to create a textile company that cared about the details that would make their products last. You know, you will feel the difference, and I swear to God, you will feel the difference in their best-selling, beautifully crafted signature sheets. I got them in gray because they match my curtains, and I was like, oh, that'll be dope. I have gray curtains and gray sheets, um, but they have them in so many colors. So experience uncompromising comfort with the best-selling 100% organic cotton signature hemmed sheets. So this cloud weight, super soft sateen weave gets softer with every wash. That's crazy. Does it really get softer with every wash? Oh my God, I'm going to have to wash these. So it's crafted to the highest standards and attention to detail from sourcing to packaging. By the way, the packaging was insanely beautiful. I was carrying around this really cool box all day and I was like, I was like, I should just carry this to bars and restaurants. It looks like I'm like somebody, you know? So they have the perfect balance of weight and breathability to pamper warm or cool sleepers through any season. Now you guys know me, I'm unfortunately a sweater, so I'm very excited to be able to use these sheets now so give your bed the white house treatment with sheets that three presidents have fallen in love with i wonder which presidents oh my god did abraham lincoln fall in love with these bull and branch are dedicated to quality at every step you guys sheets designed and manufactured for maximum comfort and durability no cutting corners there are no middlemen between you and Bull and Branch, so you get luxury quality for the fairest price. They stand behind their products and they honor a 30-night worry-free guarantee if you are unsatisfied. Oh my gosh, so if I don't like these after 30 days, I can return them? That is, okay, cool. Man, that is ballsy. I would not do that with the podcast. 
like I say, if you do not like the podcast 30 days from now, you can, I'll do a new one. No, I can't do that. But Bull and Branch can. So ex- to experience an entirely new standard of comfort, visit bullandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. So this is the cool thing. Get 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code so bad. So that is so bad, S O B A D. And once again, that's B O L L and B R A N C H dot com, promo code so bad. So use this guys if you're in 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 the in the shopping mind for some new sheets use my code please let's do this i actually am using these sheets i can take it i can prove it you guys would you guys like a picture of me in the sheets well it might be coming okay back to the show yeah i think so too uh which is so unfortunate but um you know, it's crazy to think about it statistically, you know, I, because I put these videos out there, you know, these, there's obviously the Charmies who are Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet And And then there's Marilyn Manson's fans who are another just absolute, you know, the worst people to deal with online. And what I try to convey to all these people is when you've been accused of rape one time, you're 92% likely to have committed the rape. When you've been accused twice, it goes up to 98%. And the other statistic I love to tell people is, you are more likely to be struck by lightning than falsely accused of rape. And how many people do you know that have been struck by lightning? So that's what I like to throw out there to them. Cause I'm like, maybe you're a numbers person. Like maybe, maybe something will click with you that whether or not they are convicted and the justice system does what it's meant to do, which it fails time and time again for way less notorious cases. And I've seen people report and it is not fun for the victims. Um, I hope the court of public opinion never lets him be in another movie. You know, I hope well, that that's, that's my thing. That's the thing that I'm sickly fascinated with Yeah, is that, okay. So, but also if you look at the numbers of it, you look at the financial terms, if you, if you, if you make, if you take your soul away and just are cold about the whole thing, you think, okay, army really hasn't made tons of money for these companies. So that's one thing against him. Now, if he was Tom Cruise, now we would have a different story. Obviously, Tom Cruise has been able to come back even from his, you know, Katie Holmes, his Scientology, his Matt Lauer interview. He's been able to come back and be relatively unscathed. Right. Um, but Army is different. Army's never had a tentpole picture. Uh, he's never had a sequels. Uh, Lone Ranger was supposed to be one. It didn't succeed. I mean, there's that BuzzFeed article that uh, what it's been 10 years trying to make Army Hammer happen, yeah. you know, and it never really did. And he was actually starting to do prestige TV where he was going to do uh, this, this limited series called The Offer about the making of The Godfather that he had to drop out of. So he was already in that point of starting to do prestige TV shows. But I don't personally think if you look at it from a financial aspect, unless it's a very, very independent film, that he could be cast. But TV, on the other hand, I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's the thing that I'm kind of like tentatively watching. Like, I think maybe. like Harvey Weinstein makes a comeback. Maybe he'll put Army in one of his movies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that's like the only way. Um, but, you know, it's funny. So with when this tip came out about him going into Whole Foods, everyone was like, how, like, how could he go into Whole Foods? Why didn't he get delivered? I'm shocked that he's out in public. But yeah. what they fail to recognize is he's not a normal person with a normal brain that would feel shame like you or I would. That would be like, I'm never showing my face in LA again. Like, I think that he would proudly walk into to any space. And when I messaged somebody from, you know, the island that, you know, has more insider info and no, has more of like has met him and stuff. She's like, yeah, he has no shame. 
And I was like, that's really interesting because shame is like a normal human function, but like, there's obviously something wrong with somebody who doesn't feel shame around all the allegations that are out there about them. Um, and it's just so indicative. So I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll see more if he's here. Um, I hope he leaves soon. I, I wondered if he's in for questioning. I hope so. I hope the investigation is moving forward and I hope all these women get justice because, you know, just to see the, the ripple effects of it all is just really horrifying. Well, I mean, just even on the, not the smallest scale, but just that scale of like, you know, boys clubs, how men are with other men, what we allow to happen within our friend groups, what we, you know, like, I think all of these are really interesting questions and, you know, what fame does to a person and how ego driven somebody can be and the masks that we put on. Um, I don't know, but it is interesting because I almost started feeling bad at times of how deep I went into like, I was almost like, oh yeah, he's a serial killer. Like I was almost like a hundred percent hook, line and singer almost was fully in belief of that because I filled in all these blanks. I said, well, look at it. It all fits perfectly It all because that's what we're wired to do now. And I mean, I, I, I'm not, but it's just interesting. And I almost then for a second felt bad about feeling that way. Yeah. Well, it felt like you were in army QAnon and like we were all going to yeah. go. <laughs> well, you see, but by the way, you see how that stuff potentially yeah. starts because you're just getting pieces of information and you're like, well, that if that happened, that would actually make a lot of sense. And oh my God, he knows how to do knife work and he knows how to tie people up and he knows how to, you know, all of these things, it feels like it led you to this discovery almost. Totally. Well, then he's out at a random hotel in, yes, in, in the Palm Springs or, or, oh yeah, Joshua. three people have been disappeared. Found. Well, now their remains have been found. And actually within, I think it was a 14 month period because I've dug into this a little bit in that wonder Valley area, there have been six people's remains found. So there's a military base near there that people say, you know, maybe tied to like people disappearing and there's a lot of different conspiracies around it. And then, you know, the police department say that people wander off into that Valley and die from the heat, which I find very hard to believe. Um, so I have no idea why there were six bodies found out there, but I couldn't conflate it with army, you know, but I think because of how scared we were from what we read, we all kind of thought that, and we were all kind of just wondering and the wheels were turning and, you know, um, I think it was an important lesson because it's like, I'm the opposite of like somebody who's going to latch on to something like QAnon. But when it comes to like, Oh my God, this guy is like gone after women. And like, I've seen all these text messages. It's amazing how quick I was to believe that. And I, I had the same sort of reaction where I was like, wow. Well, is it, do you sometimes uh, look at your own life now with of like, how the heck did I get here? You're getting tips from the Cayman. You're getting, I mean, I, I woke up today and I had had something in my DMs where it was uh, Bravo and cocktails ended up posting it, but it was like Lou, letters from Louie to Teresa uh, from Real Housewives of New Jersey. I don't know if you're familiar with that situation at all. And I'm not usually the account to go to for like deep investigation. Like I'll make a, a fart joke about your deep investigation, but I'm not going to provide you with the information. So like somebody sent it to me and I was like, oh man, if I was up, maybe I would have posted it. But like, it's better for Bravo and cocktails to do it. It's better for you to do it. It's better for uh talk of shame to do it. It's better, you know, like I think there is, or there's so many good accounts that do these deep dives and really give it the um, nature. But it, it, do you get scared ever? Do you, do you go like, ah, I didn't plan my life being like this. I think I don't get scared. I think some days it just feels like being steamrolled by some of these like fans. Um, 
And it's- Do you, you mean know, positive steamrolled or negative steamrolled? Like sometimes it's negative steamrolled because there's so many of these like Charmy fans. There's so many of these Maryland fans. Um, there's, the, there's the one Jamie Lynn Spears fan. Yeah, I mean, I got <laughs> I put out a viral video about the Property Brothers because- somebody, Yeah, what was that, by the way? Somebody my parents know got their house done, you know, by HGTV and the Property Brothers and are currently in a lawsuit with um, the contractor and the production company. And it's because their house is literally like falling apart in every which way. And there wasn't an agreement made on like getting the work fixed for over 13 months. So the couple got the state involved and it, it was just a total mess. It went super viral, but then I got like a direct message from somebody who I would believe might be in their camp saying some really nasty things to me. And it was like- Zoe oh, Dachanel, Zoe Dachanel. That must have been her. No, definitely wasn't. <laughs> definitely wasn't her. I don't think she has anything to do with this, but, um, you know, it was just like, it was, it's one thing I've learned to like ignore the comments. I've learned to like, you know, okay, I see a DM. I can see that it's getting kind of nasty block <laughs> a direct email. It was like, this is my email. Like, yeah, yeah. Email. like it, it just, so it comes at you at all angles and it, there's a learning curve. And when you go from zero to 200,000, like literally overnight, like there's so much you have to learn, not only about- Yeah, um, like just in, the scaling is insane. I mean, like, the amount of people that would want to reach you. I mean, I know it, I, my, my Instagram is like 33,000 or something and I can't deal with the DA. I can't handle it, you know? It's it's definitely uptick now that I've started posting more pop culture stuff on Instagram too, because that used to just be like a personal account. Um so it's an interesting thing to learn. There's a learning curve. I'm glad to be doing it. And I, I feel like now when I get these tips, there is an obligation to share the truth because I, I think the truth is going to hopefully, you know, veer everyone towards justice. And if not, at least the court of public opinion will ensure justice by remembering like, hey, this guy shouldn't be in any movie. And if he is, I'm not going to see it because, you know, I believe that he did these things. Yeah. Um, what are you the most proud of that your account's been a, a part of? The most proud of? Um, I'm really, really happy that I got Casey Hammer's story out there because I know that it's been like really healing for her. Um, she's Army Hammer's aunt and she, you know, her book's called Surviving My Birthright. She went through the most hellish childhood and ended up like literally like, you know, and again, these are allegations in her book, but like, it seems like she may have been like cut out of the inheritance, like, you know, uh, in a really shady way. And, you know, she ended up like working at Home Depot and, you know, really like, um, just had no ties to the family, had so much trauma that she'd been through. And so I'm just glad that her story is out there. And that was one of the first like big stories that I broke, um, just finding her book and learning more about his family, um, just because it's helped her, you know? And yeah, I really, I really want to read her book. Yeah. You definitely should. It's on, uh, I don't know if it's on Audible. It's called Surviving Your Birthright? Surviving My Birthright. Surviving yeah. My Birthright. You got it. But that one I was happy about because I saw like a direct impact and it was positive. Um, and of course I love, I mean, I, I love exposing like Marilyn Manson. I went through his entire autobiography because there's so many naysayers. And if I can at least wake up one person, because I think the hope with all of this is that, you know, these larger stories bring light to like these big issues that happen like in hometowns in small places with like, you know, some, your, your high school, uh, you know, quarterback rapes a girl and nobody believes the girl, you know? And like, but maybe they see that this thing is going on in the news with somebody bigger and then it, something clicks for them. And, you know, it starts shifting the narrative to like believing people who go through something. 
Yeah, I was just reading uh, uh, Gia Tolentino's book. Uh, I think it's called Trick Mirror, but there's an essay in there about the UV the UV rape scandal uh, mm-hmm. that was actually inappropriate, uh, falsely reported in Rolling Stone magazine, but it also overshadowed the actual all. And by the way, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'll put a trigger warning on the uh, the timestamps, you guys. Uh, but uh, reading all of these things about the actual rapes that did occur. You yeah. know, this, this this false reporting overshadowed all of these women's stories. And uh, it, it was just, it was so horrifying because it was like this one thing where it didn't happen and it was just a bad reporting really overshadowed so many of these girls' experiences that actually did happen and they spent their whole lives trying to get over. And if you read the, the Marilyn Manson accounts, I mean, those are horrifying. Like just trapping a woman in a room and not letting her leave and just beating that not like just just squashing their spirit entirely. I mean, that's like a different level of sick. Yeah, no, I mean, and if you've read his autobiography, which if anyone listening wants to get it, please buy it secondhand. Don't put money in his pocket. But, um, oh, I, but his autobiography? It's from 1996. Oh, I, I I have it. I bought it when it came out. Like that's like, I, I, I mean, which it sounds weird. Like who, I, nobody would think I would be a, I loved his first two albums. I thought mechanical animals. I was like, Oh, this guy's going to be like Bowie. Like this guy's going to start here and he's going to go here. And then his autobiography was like, okay, like, but you're kind of reading it in like a kitsch kind of way. He in- also like any like claim he refuted by saying that it was like fiction. Yeah. You know, and his shock rocker persona was a smoke screen for all of his bad behavior because people were like, oh, well, that's Marilyn Manson. He's a shock rocker. He's, you know, putting on this show for people. And I was like, no, like a lot of that was like reality. Well, it's and- what happens when you when you tell people you're the boogeyman and then you end up being the boogeyman. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that was his, and, and I remember I watched, I went to see him and Hole. They did a tour together when they, uh, she did the Celebrity Skin album back in the day and Hole opened up. It was awesome. Then Marilyn came out. He was so fucked up. He lasted like two and a half songs yeah. and then they just called the show. And like, that was like one of my first concerts that I remember going like, wait, we don't get our money back. Like, I mean, like it was like a stampede out, you know? I mean, I'm not surprised at all. And what's crazy is like one of the first big stories in his book is how he had a plotted to kill one of his ex-girlfriends and he and this other guy went to her house with the intention of burning it down and got and heard sirens and got spooked like and I'm like how was he not arrested he literally is admitting that he was plotting this woman's murder like and the whole book is just rife with that you know what I mean and like yeah reason why I looked into it because because everyone was like well how didn't you know he was like this and I'm like oh so you knew and you just didn't do anything and I'm like but, I would- but, but once again it's that thing that we're presented with information and we feel like, okay, we, I get it. I get it. And then you almost by some weird kind of force, you're just like, you just don't think about it again. Like Britney Spears. You're just like, okay, it must be all good. Like it it must be all good. And it's just interesting how that all works. I know it's, it's a weird psychological thing. Somebody should look into. (laughs) Well, I feel like there will be, uh, I mean, somebody's going to teach a course on this at college one day. Maybe it'll be you. I mean, what is, what is the next step for you? I mean, as this really grows and your audience is, I mean, how do you, I don't want to say monetize it, but how do you, what are the next steps? What do you want to do? What's on your dream board? What's the vision? You know what? I'm just like kind of riding the wave right now and sharing things I'm really interested in. And I think I'm figuring out what the next thing for me is, but I'm not quite sure. People are always asking me and I'm like, I just am waiting for the day I wake up and I know exactly what that vision is. Um, but for now, I'm just really passionate about sharing the stories that I'm sharing and you know, I do have like a normal job, not so normal job because it's sometimes on international hours. Um, but you know, I, this, are you allowed to say what your job is? 
I prefer not to, but yeah. <laughs> I work in marketing for an, <laughs> for an wait, You don't wait. Do you do Britney Spears Instagram account by any chance? Um, God, you caught me. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. No wonder you know so much. Jeez. Oh, hold on. I got to shoot out this. Um... Yeah, just a bunch of emojis and spinning. Um, oh, speaking of the wait, the Jamie Lynn Spears, you had this piece of information that I think this was you where she, there was a DM between her and a fan of like, I just saw Britney today. She's not doing well. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, do you know what DM I'm talking about? Yeah. So what's interesting is a lot of people were saying that it was not her and a yeah. girl actually like messaged me and went on been verified and tied the account back to her name. But there was account, an account that's like really following the Britney stuff called unverified report. And she actually reached out to the person that ran the account. That person shared photos of themselves on the account that I think had maybe been deleted. And we're like, I'm a real person here. I am. Um, so it's actually not, I, I've, they've confirmed it is not Jamie Lynn Spears running her own fan account. Um, that being said, okay. Cause that's what I thought. I thought it was Jamie Lynn Spears running her own fan account. And I was like, wow. That being said, you know, the, the way I always tell people is like, when you have an account, especially an account centered around something, if somebody wants to get a message out, I mean, the number of times people try to make me their flying monkey for their cause to be like, Oh yeah, Lauren, come on. You, you say it, you say it. Cause I don't want to say it, but I want it out there. Um, I fully believe that Jamie and this girl are chatting and, and this girl's a big fan of Jamie. And, you know, she's probably, Jamie's probably feeding her what to say. Uh, you know, so it's kind of just one of those things. It's like, oh, let me hand you this piece of information that I want you to share. You're my super fan and you're going to help me shift the narrative around myself, which like, as we can see, just blew up in her face. Um, because, you know, Jamie should probably just, pull an army right now and be quiet. Uh, that's probably the best mode for her. Cause everything she says is just, people are not happy with her right now. Do you know what the next step is for the, the free Britney movement? So I know that in the fall, they're going to be doing more court proceedings around the actual conservatorship. Um, and you know, I think we'll know more in the fall about like actually dissolving the conservatorship. So I think right now it's like kind of at a standstill until those court dates. I think there's one more court date next week. Um, some of it's regarding like payment for the people involved in the conservatorship for security and for different things. Um, so it's really just like pretty administrative at this point. Um, is Brittany yeah. going to be more money on people in the conservatorship is what's upcoming. And then more of the serious stuff will be happening in the fall. I just always remember uh, hearing her net worth. God, I remember uh, Ariana Maddox and and Logan, uh, one of my good friends, came on together to talk about Britney Spears, and this was like a year ago. This was before any of this stuff blew, before the pandemic even. And we were talking about how she was worth sixty five million dollars, according to reports. And I remember in the podcast saying, "That seems insanely low for somebody like her." I said, "That just doesn't make sense at all," and it potentially doesn't make sense. Like I do feel like there is a lot of money to be accounted for. Cause her estate should have been worth more than 65 million for somebody that was doing a Vegas residency like she was and was churning out albums and tours deep into the conservatorship. That number makes zero sense to me. Yeah. Like zero sense. I don't know like what her deal was with the like, record companies and like all these different people that were involved, like her percentage, but like if really, if she's worth that much, then whoever did her deals did a really bad job. Like, cause that doesn't make any sense to me. I would think more like, along the lines of like at least a hundred billion, at least. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, like, you know, if, if 
I just, I was like, she is, no matter what her mental state is, a living legend. So it doesn't really make sense. I mean, 65 million, I know you're saying that's a huge number, but for the amount of work she's done, it just did not make sense to me and add up. So I hope all of this gets unveiled. Um, do you have like, how much longer do you have just so I can land oh, the plane? You're all good. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. Um, cause I want to talk a little bit about Erica Jane as well. And I just didn't know yeah. if you had a little bit more time. Um, so, uh, oh, but that's the other thing too, is that when I saw, when I heard, I heard that full audio of Britney's first, uh, you know, uh, comments to the court a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you would think like in, in my imaginary world, you think the ju judge hears that and they, you know, bang the gavel and they're like, you're free, Brittany, you're free. And like, it's like a movie, you know, because it's like this impassioned plea of like, they have an IUD in me and I've been controlled. And you would think right then and there, somebody would be free, but it's just so weird that that's not how life works, you know? It is because there's all these like legally binding things that are like just keeping her in chains. And it's, it's, it's sickening. It's sickening. I can't wait to see what she does when she's free. I hope she like goes on like a trip around the world and like has like eight kids somehow through like whatever resources. And I just hope she lives her best life. I hope I love that you make her octo mom as soon as she's free. You're like, yeah, I want her to have eight more kids. Take it to them, you know, like she should have as many babies as she wants and have like five weddings if she wants. Do we believe Sam? Do we believe that's her boyfriend? Do we believe you know it's funny because I I 70% believe it, like 75, yeah, right? Yes, 75%. totally. Yes. And then the yeah. 5 shadow of doubt is like, this story is so nuts that I could be flipped over in like two, <laughs> anything I say or believe, because it's yeah. all smoke and mirrors. And then I, anytime I post something, I'll have five people that agree with me and five people that are like, that is the absolute most false information about this conservative. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody get Brittany on the phone. Well, that's what I feel like. This is like a true detective season four. And there's a, it's going to be a flash forward of you 50 years from now. And you're like, I thought I knew it all. I thought, and there's going to be a flashback to, to this pandemic of you. I mean, cause I feel like we all think that like right now, I think this week, I kind of believe it's her boyfriend, but like two weeks ago, I didn't like it, it's, it really is when it's just, we don't, we know a lot, but we don't know nearly enough. So all these rumors can get in there very easily. You just go through, I mean, it's like, I go through the motions every day and I'm following house and habit story and unverified. Yeah. By the way, she's another good Instagram account. That's the one you guys, I told you about last week that I, I forgot the name. It's house of habit. Uh, house in habit. House in habit. And habit. Yeah. But she, she does these really gr uh, great uh, deep dive stories as well. And kind of breaks. I mean, I got a little um, bummed out when she started sticking up for Sam Lufty uh, yesterday, but, uh, but it turns out maybe he was See, telling I've the truth. Ben, he's another one where I'm 50, 50, because I've heard from people that think that he was intentionally like there was a smear campaign against him because he was actually supporting Britney. But then there's the other side of me that remembers when he kind of reached out to Amanda Bynes when she was not doing so well. And so that makes me think like, are you just like a vulture that's waiting to swoop in when people are like down and out so you can take advantage? So I see both sides of the coin. And so I'm super undecided about him too. Um, and again, there's just so much conflicting information out there. So it'll be great to actually hear from Britney herself. And I think yeah. soon. Um, so uh, moving on to, uh, we'll, we'll wind up here with Bravo uh, because I think Bravo is like a one-stop shop for drama. And especially in this past year, you really do need to get a law degree to keep up with anything Bravo related, which I think eventually, I think, I mean, I swear to God, you know, there's at least 10 people out there that have been inspired to become lawyers just yeah. through the past year because of Erica Jane and Jen Shaw, don't you think? 
Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I think there's some people that aren't lawyers that are like operating as such. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Bravo Bone Collector is like a lawyer and like Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo, like both of them, like the level at which they like analyze legal documents. I'm like, oh, yeah. How do you do your other job? Like, I'm like, you guys, I bow down. I bow down. Yeah, but also I'm like, thank God you want to do it because there's no part of me that wants it. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'll just make the silly fart joke memes and you do the important stuff and, and I will read all of that. But it is funny that I even myself found myself reading court documents and then, you know, a, a lay person be like, oh, are you, do you have a, a case coming up? And I'm like, no, I'm studying Erica Jane stuff. Like, that's just bizarre that we're getting this deep with things, but there is a lot of stuff to get deep with, you know? There is. I, I did some legal document reads for the Eric, uh, for the um, Property Brothers stuff and like my head was spinning and I was like, oh my God, like my ADD was kicking in. I was like playing games on my phone in between like reading it. And, oh man, it's just a lot. But the Erica Jane of it all is kind of crazy. And I had a woman who knew Tom Girardi's um, daughter who like about a month- You forget he has other kids. I always forget that. He has a daughter that's older than Erica. She's like 56 and Erica's like 49 or something. Uh, so this, this woman knew the daughter. And so she, you know, she's a Bravo fan and she's been in the house many times and she uh, drove by the house because she assumed it was empty and just to take a picture, which she sent to me. And um, <laughs> she, oh God, I mean, I wish I could disclose everything to you, but she said some funny things about that house. But anyway, she, um, she saw who she thought was Tom Girardi. And mind you, she's met him many times driving out of the house in a roadster. And everyone, when I posted that, was like, well, is he supposed to be driving? Is he under a conservatorship? So there's a big question mark. Why well, is it his dementia and Alzheimer's? Yeah, like, I don't know what the rules are for him because he's, you know, supposedly, like, losing his mental faculties. Um, so I don't know if it's, like, legal for him to be driving, but she did see who she thought was him driving out of this little private road area. Maybe it was Larry David. Maybe it was Larry David. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, his his stomping grounds are that restaurant in Pasadena. Well, yeah, like we even saw that picture with him and supposedly the travel agent, but it was a, a looked like a pretty blonde or at least from the what we. It was like it could have been Erica, but uh, I think me and the talk of shame are going to go there and, you know, check out his his favorite spot. So maybe you'll have to come with us, Ryan. Yeah, please. I, I, I would love to do that, actually. Well, that's what I thought, too. I said, like you know, the, the house is up for sale. Why can't we schedule an appointment to buy the house? I know we just need somebody rich enough. Cause I'm sure. Well, like, have- I mean, do they, oh, is that what you have to do? Do you have to show money I'm before sure you can see the house? Because it's so expensive. But imagine, but imagine we crowdfund that from like TikTok and Instagram and we get enough just to see the house and you can fill a film, a bunch of TikToks in there, but what it would be crazy if we got in there, we're like, Tom, where are you? Cause we know he's in there. I'd have the, t- the time of my life. And the person who, uh, knew the daughter is going to meet us at Stony Point. She said she'd drive us by the house. So <laughs> I'm hoping to see it's it. Getting, it's getting too dark. It's getting too, well, do you, I mean, as a Bravo fan and you know, what is your sixth sense on this? Do you think she knew? What do you, what do you, do you, where do you stand on this? I mean, I, a part of me says, you know, I, I don't know how much she knew, but I think the situation benefited her to such a high degree that maybe she was willing to put her head in the sand and had some inkling, but said, you know what, like, I'm just not going to pay attention to it because it's expensive to be me. And I am just going to, you know, enjoy this lifestyle and not question it. And I think it just came crashing down. I mean, what do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, that that's it exactly. Is that I don't think, like, do I think she knew, like, bank account numbers and, like, exactly what funds were being transferred there? No, but do I think that she knew EJ Global was getting funneling of money and, like, sometimes that... But the thing that I keep talking to myself about is that there is no real money. It's all stealing. It's all people doing criminal activities. It's all, like... And that's what Erica Jane knows, too, is that, like... You know, honey, everybody steals. You know, she'll be like, you know, every one of these ladies have stalled themselves. Like, that's what I believe is that everybody's done bad things. You know, if you are at a certain spot, you probably just even on the low end, think about it, you probably cheated on your taxes. Yeah. By the way, and everybody listening, you probably cheated on your taxes in some sort of stupid way. But like, so that's the little, little things that we might all do wrong. Now, if you're willing to do that, why not go step a step further if it means you can have tons of clothes and shoes and airplane rides and go do a tour for a marginally, and that's being complimentary successful music act. I mean, it's not a, you know, Erica Jane's not a huge moneymaker, um, but I don't know. I feel like, you you know, if you let these things happen, you get used to them happening and you don't question things if the money keeps rolling in and you're able to achieve your dreams through it. And I also think she thought, well, everybody does something wrong and nobody will. And I just don't think she thought anybody would ever get caught. And I don't think he thought that. I thought, I thought he thought he could keep it going until at least he died, you know? Yeah. I think it probably, he probably was like, okay, I'm going to draw I'm going to do this once. I know I can get away with it. Okay. I'm going to do it again and again and again and again. And then it just spiraled into this like thing that got so out of control for him where he couldn't keep on like kind of, appeasing like the the last set of victims who he'd stolen from um and with her you know i think erica's probably heard the saying if it seems too good to be true it probably is and i think if like the situation that was happening with ej global and all the money being funneled into it i would have like anxiety and be like where is this coming from and then if i was signing documents and i was in the legal offices and like there, I would have some sort of anxiety and be like, how, this is great, but how is this happening? Like I, I would. But once again, I think when you marry for, I'm, I, I'm sure she loved him in some fashion or loved what he did for her. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's, but at the same time, the marriage also was built around that he was taking care of her. And when I think you do that, I think you all of a sudden chip away at some sort like of what you will and won't do. So I think she set herself out of the gate up for like, that's why I don't really feel bad. It's like, you didn't marry this man because you were insanely in love with him. Like, you know, you just didn't. So to, to paint some fairy tale story now, I just don't ever, I don't feel bad for that. And I just think it's such a, um, even if she didn't mean it, even if she, like she could at least lie. And I just will never understand why she's not either shutting her mouth or giving it up for the victims and just saying, yeah. I'm, I'm horrified. You know, horrified. and instead of like crying over my own situation, if I were her, I would be sobbing and like devastated about the victims and be like, just trying to like create a fund for them. And like, you know, just doing whatever I could to get that money back to them. If I was genuinely sorry and also like bamboozled, like I would be like, oh my God, we need to like start a foundation to like help these victims. So that's what's confusing to me that she hasn't said anything about Yeah, she's, she's made it all about her. And that's why I think the more she doubles down on that, the more the fandom doubles down against her. And like, she, it's like this pressure situation then because it feeds into each other. Like she loves getting on late night Twitter rants now and talking about big thick cocks and blah, blah, blah. And like, it just, 
It, I mean, it's just like, what, who are you doing this for? Like, what are you, I don't know who you think this is. Imp- like, is it, does she think there's like millions of people going like, you get America. I like thick cocks too. You know, like <laughs> awesome. Um, and you're a lady. Do, is there waterproof mascara? Like, I mean, I feel like if I was a woman, I would know if I was continually crying that not to wear heavy mascara. Am I being crazy and conspiratorial? Friend, never in my life have I, I've cried many times wearing mascara. Never in my life has it ever looked like that. I, I almost think it was, some, she got some like Hollywood, like mascara that was like meant to be runny for like the Hollywood movie set. Like, because like I have never seen mascara run like that. Um, to me, it looks like a complete performance. Uh, yeah. I've never had mascara run like that when I've cried, I've been at funerals with people that forgot to wear waterproof mascara and it has not run like that. That yeah. Was- I mean, it was, it was like an oil, oil slick. It was, uh, but I do, I mean, like I worked in an acting studio for a long time and we would sell these things called menthol sticks and they're what well, you call them tear sticks and you dab a little bit under your eye and it, it, it kind of triggers your eyes to start watering and stuff. So, you know, if you were going in on an audition where you knew you had to cry, you'd put a little bit on your, um, your finger. And then like, you know, a page before you knew you had to cry in an audition, you could just wipe your eyelid. And then by the time a page happens, you started, the waterworks were able to start. Like you, it would give you something coming out of your eyes at least to then be able to, I'm I'm not saying that's what she did, but I am saying there is a product. In fact, Nick, Nick Vial from the uh, bachelor bought one of those one day from me uh, at the acting studio. Um, What? Yeah. 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 Well, but by the way, all actors that, I mean, I saw, we sold so many of those at the acting studio. I still have like three of them. Like, it's like the, it's like a fun thing. It's like mentholate your eye, you know? Oh my God. I'm like, how many people have we like just given the the license to the like, given <laughs> unsincere, like apology right now? Like, yeah, <laughs> yes. like, you know what I think Mikey was like, okay, we have this thing called like the menthol stick and you know, here's some like charcoal. We're going to like coat your eyes with it. Yeah. You're just going to rub this right when you're talking to Kyle and it's just going to be like the most. But, but wouldn't it, wouldn't it be fascinating if it turned out to like that she rehearsed that scene. I mean, not the Kyle part of it, but if she rehearsed that scene, like if she rehearsed those moments, I mean, it would kind of be a smart thing to do if you're trying to put out a message of that you didn't do it, you know? Well, remember at this point, she probably already has lawyers involved. So she knows what she can and cannot say. So it's never going to be the full unadulterated truth. Yeah. She, not only that, Erica has always kept her cards close to her chest. So when Erica wants to share something on the show, it's shared when she wants to, you know, create a facade and, and a, a, an illusion of her life. She's been very good at like make, keeping the information she wants internal and then sharing what she, you know, wants to share. So for me, it wouldn't be the most far-fetched thing in the world that she's like, you know what, I need to get the audience on my side after all this has happened. I'm not saying that they weren't genuine tears. I think going through a divorce, even if you're going through a divorce with the most monstrous person in the world is probably hard. Yeah. Um, But I think that it's probably, it was probably like she thought about how she wanted the the viewership to, to know that she was feeling this way or. See, and um, that's where I feel like I'm just soulless because to me, I was like looking at as looking at it like a performance. I was like, you know, she's, if you're trying to get something out of, I mean, to me, it read, and I'm not saying like it was good acting or bad acting, but it did read to me of like a performance. In fact, I keep mentioning this one little moment where you see her in that last scene, look up at Kyle, half look up to see what's landing on Kyle. 
you know, of like what she, I don't know. And this, this one little moment, and maybe that's just from an acting background, but I've done that moment many times where I see if the other person is like saw what I like, or if you're in an audition and I'm watching to see if I'm, if it's going good with the casting director, you know, like I, it reminded me of that moment, you know? She definitely, I think was looking for external validation. And the other interesting thing that I noticed was there was like a scene that was showed uh, of her and Garcelle. I think it was on a trip. And I think it might've just been like a, a preview. I don't even know if it aired because I missed an episode. Um, but Erica Garcelle is like, did you know anything? And Erica says, no, I did not. But she shakes her head. Yes. And that's when yes. I was yeah, 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 yeah. language like throws, because I'm always kind of, I did Paul Ekman's training, like micro momentary expressions. So like I sometimes pick up on those little things. And I think I mean, I think we all, I mean, that's what I say. I think, I think sometimes like Erica or Jen Shaw, like, I think their fate, one of their fatal flaws is, is miscalculating the Bravo audience. I think we are one of the most sophisticated audiences or we've, we've grown into it of, you know, it's like, we really, we dig into these moments. Like you better know your business. Cause it's going to be picked apart. Like it is going to be picked apart every line, every, all of that. Like, and, and I think sometimes she does not realize that. And like, then is surprised when all of this information comes out and all her only defense is, you know, how dare you, you know, like, uh, like, and it's like, uh, what, Erica, do you realize the situation you're in? Like, even if you took that down the line, you'd be like, of course they think I did it. Of course. Well, my time in court is going to come and you guys will all see. Like that's, I mean, and also like, I mean, it's just very, it, to me, it's just weird. But the other thing you said about Tom, and I guess this kind of takes place with Army as well, is is that we were talking about Army just able to walk out and shop at Whole Foods. And he he probably doesn't think of it the same way that we do of like, how do you, sh- like I wouldn't be able to show my face in public. Yeah. Either Tom, Tom's in Pasadena at his favorite place. But then like, my thing is like, I'd be so ashamed. And it's like, no, they're not, are they? And potentially Eric is not either. They're not, nothing's changed for them. It's all ego. But there's a certain like kind of personality disorder and a spectrum of like sociopathy and like, narcissism where the experience of shame that you and I feel it's so we project it on other people and it's like oh my god wouldn't they be so ashamed but it's like they just genuinely don't feel that they just genuinely don't give a shit about taking advantage of plane crash victims or you know assaulting a woman or any of these awful things that we would never do right yeah Um, and so it's and that's like, why then that's part of the reason why we think some of these people are innocent because we go we would never do that i would feel so shameful i live my life in shame so we make the mistake always of thinking somebody else is like us 100% 100% you know i mean even like thinking about like some of your friends where it's like oh my god i would never want to live in a suburb or whatever or like you know and it's like yeah but some people want to live in suburbs you know what i mean like some yeah. people live in like la and like so anyway there's just little things like that where you realize like, wow, I'm just projecting myself onto other people, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, with, with all these people, you know, where it's like, it's just unimaginable to a normal person, but, uh, yeah. well, um, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Are you, are you loving Kathy Hilton? Are you, uh, I love her. I actually like met her before the show, uh, twice. I, I worked for a goop. Gwyneth Paltrow's company. Just- oh, wait, did you, are you responsible for the vagina candle? I am not. Um, <laughs> I did sell a bunch of them. When I was in, when I first moved to LA, I just needed like a landing job. So I worked retail for six months at Goop and I was hoping to get a corporate position with them. That was kind of my play. And you know, it, it didn't end up working out because of the pandemic and everything. But um, what was cool about that is I got to meet like every celebrity I ever wanted to meet and shop with them. And 
you know, most of them, I never talk about tick on TikTok because of NBA, but with Kathy, I kind of let it slip. I was like, she was amazing. And like, she, I had to play cool and act like I didn't know who she was. I obviously knew from the simple life, like Kathy and Rick. And, um, I was so excited to meet her more than like anyone else because she was like Bravo adjacent and like Paris Hilton's mom. And I slipped like every possible sample into her bag. I was like, I love this woman, but she was a delight. And when she was signing up for the show, I said, Oh my God, she's going to be amazing. I know it. I know. Yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, she really has proved to be amazing. Um, and now tonight, uh, Tuesday night, real housewives of New York airs and, uh, really quickly, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it, 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 there's so much discourse going back and forth. And my only thing is this really doesn't have to do with Ebony or like, but what I will say is that these five ladies don't have chemistry together. And the only reason we're fighting this much is, or even talking about casting this much is because it's not working, but that's okay to admit. It doesn't mean that somebody's bad and somebody's good. This combination of ladies just don't work. Do you think they do? Or do you think I'm crazy? Like, what do you, I think that it's incredibly hard to watch. Um, and, and I still watch it. I'm not ever giving up on the show ever. I mean, New York has always been my favorite, favorite franchise. It's incredibly hard to watch. I do not think that they jive together. I'm sure you saw the page six thing claiming that like Emily isn't like a real lawyer. because Yeah. Like, but then she did a live yesterday that said, guys, I don't live there anymore. And that's why my law degree or my law license lapsed. And there, there was like a, uh, she like clapped back in the comments and I thought it was great because it's like, yeah, of course she isn't not, she's not practicing in North Carolina anymore or whatever it is, but sorry, there is a lawn, a lawn, bl- a wind blower. I hope you guys oh, I can't hear it. it. I can't hear it. But anyway, um, right out my window, but anyway, what <laughs> happened was I'm going to move into a different room. So you don't have to, by the way, it. it's probably Jamie Spears trying to screw it's you. It's probably Jamie Spears trying to silence me. <laughs> oh God. Or no, army hammer. Um, so anyway, you know, what I saw in the comments section was so ugly and so indicative of like, you know, I'm like, wow, like people really, really, really like are so just messed up. I mean, really, like if you go and look at that page six comment section towards Ebony, I could not believe what I was reading and that people were posting that publicly. It blew my mind. Um, but there's a lot of issues within the New York franchise and I can't tell if it's something that could work itself out in the season or if it's something that's going to require you know, a shift in casting. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, I honestly think I've, I've thought too much about this, like Britney Spears, but I, I just think what I think is, no, I think they probably will keep everybody, call it a pandemic season. They'll add back Dorinda and potentially two other ladies that'll bring you up to eight. And there's a lot more stories that will happen for that. Um, and I mean, just to be honest, like they're, they, they can't drop Ebony. They just can't. I mean, it would just be horrible on so many reasons. And I don't think they can drop Ramona. Now, I think I keep saying this. I know people hate it, but I think Luann could be demoted. I think Luann really hasn't brought it. But also, if you think about like sometimes like the seasons of like I I had a really shitty last season, if my life was a show like I would I would fire me from a show, you know, like people just sometimes don't have shit going on. It's like Dorit and realize was the Beverly Hills right now. But I think maybe you just add ladies and you wait for the world to open back up because right now there are just five ladies in these same rooms with no other kind of outside forces except for Bershon. And it just the chemistry isn't there, you know, and it, and it promotes how wacky Ramona is about like not being able to, 
hear other people's beliefs, which is making Ebony double down even harder, which is sometimes kind of annoying. And it's like, so you're, you have these two opposing forces, but it, it just highlights, it also highlights that we love these ridiculous ladies. And sometimes I'm like, I feel bad now for liking Ramona. Like she's horrible. Oh, she's a monster. Uh, and oh my God. I mean, I've heard so many like, you know, stories like just through the, through the woodwork where I'm just like, oh my gosh, like they just paint her in like a terrible light, even on TikTok. Uh, just, oh yeah. Like, I worked in stores with her, but you know, talk about no shame. If I had publicly shit on TV, even once, <laughs> I would crawl under a rock and fucking die. Oh, she was in the Hamptons this weekend. She like, I mean, literally the girl has shit multiple episodes publicly. Thailand. And I would, I would just join like a monastery and like just cut myself off from society. Well, you would never hear from me again. Like I would be mortified. I mean, if that really was makeup, Sonia should have made her put it on right then and there. Like they should have like, see, (laughs) I want to see the coloring on that. But like, I find it interesting. Like, this is repetitive now. Like Ramona's poop is a friend of at this point. That's how much, <laughs> like it's gotten more screen time than to read this season on Beverly Hills. It makes no, but I mean, but it is so funny. It's like the show is even, even that I couldn't fully enjoy because it was sandwiched between these, like, I mean, then Bershawn trying to call out Sonia out of nowhere. I was just so confused. It's like when just elements just don't work. So you have these little moments at work, but altogether the chemistry isn't there, but like on Beverly Hills, there's so much chemistry. And even the ladies I don't like. For for a woman that has so much issue with like people talking about sex, like I am triggered by her shit. Like I am like, Oh my God. Like, you know, like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is more offensive to me than a sex talk. But you know, I mean, I don't know. I really, I hope they bring it back. I, I love watching. Oh, there's no way they're not coming back. It's no, there's no way it's canceled. I mean, we just know it's a money property. It's like Vanderpump rules. Even if they had fired everybody, they're still bringing it back. Cause it makes money still. Like, I just like almost want them to just like throw Alex and Simon into the mix or something, do something crazy. Like that would yeah, be, so it would like, be I- so, I think that's where OC did it right. Where they announced Kelly Dodd's departure and Heather's arrival on the same press release. And yeah. I thought it was such a great way because it didn't focus on the negative and it gave you a positive, like you might lose this person that a lot of people love, even though I don't, but you're gaining this other person. And I thought it was really kind of great. And I love that you do now have a deep uh, history, a deep roster that you can kind of fill the ranks with. But at some time too, it's like, I wouldn't mind like a square, like a page one reboot of some of these shows and just all new ladies. Like I loved all the Salt Lake ladies. Like I loved, I mean, I didn't, I, I love to hate some of them, but you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm, I'm capable of loving new housewives. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people from the past they could pull in. So I guess yeah. we'll they do, but I, I miss vintage Roni when I would like, when I'm not feeling well or something, or I have a sick day, like I always turn on like seasons one and two. Like I just, oh, I, it's, it's nostalgic for it. And it never will go away. And that's why I say, even if some of these cast members that we love go away, they'll, they're always there. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like the little force ghost Yoda in the star Wars movies. He dies, but he's there as a little force ghost. Dorinda uh, made me, Dorinda's departure, even though last season was not a good one, like made me sad. I really like Tinsley. Um, I'd love to see Dorinda back. Oh, and I think, I think you're going to get her. I mean, there's not a doubt in my mind. She's coming back next season. Not even a doubt. I mean, Dorinda's so good. And you know, if they ever got rid of Sonia Morgan, I think my heart would be broken forever. Like I love Sonia. Well, I just, I just worry about, so I just want Sonya to be okay. Like, I'm not, like, I don't even need her on the show, but I want her to collect the paycheck of the show. Like, I want to make sure she's okay. And I just get, like, at least if she's on the show, we can keep tabs on her, you know? 
Townhouse is kind of a friend of at this point. Well, that's, well, that's another, they did put it on the market at one point, And I said, if each one of the Bravo fans, if uh, gives me $10,000, we can get it, you know, I think we should do it. Like I'll like, I'll do like a, you know, I get like however much time there a year. I'll be there. Yeah. It's like this man, this man built Bravo fans out of $12.2 million. It can be, well, you know what, with BravoCon, what, um, Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo was saying to me is like, instead of like, you know how like the TikTokers have the sway house, which is like a house, all the TikTokers live in. Oh yeah. Meme house. Like the Bravo house with like all the Bravo accounts. And so maybe we should just all go in on Sony Morgan. That would be dope. Actually. I mean, that would be, that would be amazing. I'm sure Harry Dubin would let you stay with him too. If you're looking for a place, I'm sure Harry Dubin would let you stay with him as well. Oh, you know, you're looking for a place. I mean, listen, I might just go to the Regency and try to pick up Tom. (laughs) Exactly. That's where I'm going to be. Wait, and last question. Why the Zen Blonde? Why why Zen Blonde? I know you're blonde, but why? I started it when I was starting meditation teacher training and it was literally a meditation account. So like when I tell you. Oh, you teach meditation? I'm trained to. I studied meditation around the world. I even, I, I made the nun joke. I did actually temporarily ordained as a nun once and like shaved my head. Um, oh, wait, I feel like there's a whole other interview now. Jeez. Ryan, there uh, it's a story. Oh my about, God. It's so funny because nobody went to greater lengths to download Roni at a freaking Buddhist monastery than me. So wow. sides to me, but I think during the pandemic, I definitely leaned into my diversion of pop culture a little bit more than being in another meditation retreat over this time. Um, wow. but yeah, I think it all kind of, stemmed from that I was just really trying to like stick to meditation and literally five years ago and then I just started posting Bravo stuff on the account and I'm telling you there's some people that have reached out to me and they're like what happened to the meditation stuff and I'm like you know what just allow me to be both things okay like well, I do yeah I mean I did uh I did the the TM classes in Los Angeles and I do my meditation in the morning. I'm supposed to do it in the morning in the evening and I only do it the morning but like it sometimes does help quiet down all of the voices I have inside me now from all of the different pop culture figures, you know? Yeah. I mean, Danny Pellegrino always does those cool downs at the end. And I'm like, they really do relax me. And, you know, I think I have like this frenetic energy with like the Bravo. Oh, I'm completely frenetic. Yeah. Like my like private side is like, you know, on the side, I'm like doing a sound bath and like, you know, like, you know, doing Reiki and all these other things that I just don't really publicize (laughs) more because I'm like, it's just like, my thing that I do. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Well, this was uh, a delight. Uh, Everybody said this would be amazing. And it was, thank you so much for spending so much time with us. I know you have to go to work now, which is just, um, I'm sorry for you that you have to do that. And, uh, but thank you for spending this much time. You guys, you already follow her on TikTok, but if you don't, it's at the Zen blonde on TikTok and at the Zen blonde on Instagram. Now she's got like 200,000 followers on TikTok. So go follow her on Instagram so we can get that number up, even though I'm sure she's inundated with so many followers already, but we got to support everywhere and she is doing some amazing work. So please always support the Zen Blonde and we will, uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thank you for having me. No problem. Five, four. Betches.